This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Good morning and welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Carol. How are you? It's 2022. It is 2022, and Malcolm, we are not looking back. We are only looking ahead, right? We look back only to humor ourselves. Yes, only to humor ourselves. But, hey, 2022. We're onward. Yeah, heading forward. That's right. Well, we had a, a lot of activity on our Facebook page, Cooking and Coping, both for New Year's Day food prep. And for food uh, resolutions for the future, right? And, yeah, this is a good time to mention that Liz is manning the phones. And we would like to hear your food resolutions and resolutions in the kitchen. We've got a whole list from our friends on Facebook, but we want to hear what you're doing out there. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have to have a food resolution, but I have one. Do you? Or two? Yeah, I have a few. Go ahead, Mal. Well, you know, last year my resolution was to grow more of what I ate. Didn't work out. It started off wonderfully. I got a good early garden in, got some beautiful tomatoes and eggplants and squash. In fact, Bill Ellison Uh, from right here on MPB's Grassroots, texted me last night and said, we just made a big pot of vegetable soup and used the tomatoes you gave us last year. But it started out with a bang, and then it it just tapered off. The squirrels uh, did their work. Um, I don't know if I overwatered, underwatered, or if it got too hot or too cold or the soil's no good. But either way, um, I did not in the end grow more of what i ate but i did rely on growers and so that's that's what i was going to say having friends that are growers is just as important yeah so my resolutions for 2022 are one to rely on growers support growers and appreciate those who call us or text us or email us and say i've got some extra tomatoes do you want them i've got some cucumbers do you want them and yes absolutely so uh, i will uh, support and rely on growers and i want to plant and use more fresh herbs that i can grow yeah that you can but i really want you to give yourself a break on your resolution from last year because i was really impressed what you did in a backyard garden I mean, you know, it it wasn't like you had a farm. I mean, you live in the city, in the heart of the city. Yeah. I I just, um, anyway, I gave it a a good shot. And uh, I'm not saying I won't plant any any, uh, uh, vegetables next year, but I'm focusing on herbs and and supporting my great gardener friends uh, and farmer markets and those surrounding us who who grow great vegetables and share like salad days yeah well my resolutions are pretty simple and i felt like i was like opening my raincoat on facebook i posted a picture (laughs) of my kitchen sink on 
New Year's Eve morning and I opened the refrigerator and took a picture of the refrigerator. I mean, that was really exposing yeah. the, you very, know. Very brave. Of it you, was Carol. very, very brave. But it did generate a lot of conversation. Um, you know, my resolution is to do the dishes when the meal happens. I like to yeah. what they call soak. Uh huh. I do some overnight. Soaking. Do you do some soaking? <laughs> yes. So we eat dinner so late, yep. and and I just think they need to soak. But you have to face it in the morning, and then uh, yeah, things get out of hand. I mean, you got to clean the sink before you make the coffee, and it just sort of adds to this uh, uh, confusion in the early morning. So so what we do is mostly Kara cooks, and mostly I clean. Now, if we have pots that. Or you know that need to soak, we soak them. But primarily, we try to go to bed with a clean kitchen. Well, now, I'm I said so try. proud of you. I said I, try. I'm so proud of you. But that would mean that you have a partner who is willing to do their part. Oh, absolutely. We even press the cat into to service. We make the well, cat. That's cool. <laughs> well, I, I have to say that John Palmer. You know, sits in his chair and watches the news. Mm, well, okay. That's that. So, And about that refrigerator, though, <clears> now <throat> that really stirred up a lot. You know, somebody texted and, I mean, it Facebooked in and said, I didn't realize we were kin. <laughs> and I got a lot of feedback on that and uh, a lot of feedback on the fact that most people who cook have an overabundance of condiments. Well... You and I know we know that that there is no condiment that we've ever been introduced to that we don't love. But that fills up many a refrigerator. It takes so a lot of shelves. It's an issue, Malcolm. Yes. It's I an understand. Issue. Well, maybe rotate and consume before purchasing new condiments. So, so what? You got all this feedback by opening up your raincoat. What are, What are your intentions now with all of that? My intentions. First of all, I've started on. Dry January, so I don't want anybody to try to tempt me with the demon alcohol. And uh, I'm going to do Meatless Mondays this year. Wow. Dry January and Meatless Mondays. A lot of people on cooking and coping are doing Liz Meatless Mondays. I know they're laughing. She's cackling out loud over here. <laughs> but, but there are a lot of people uh, on Facebook. John is just grinning. They were, they're going to do not only Meatless Mondays, but there were a number of people said they were going to do Meatless three times a week. Oh, Okay. Well, um, you know, that's part of the new food trends is this more plant-based stuff. We'll get exactly. to that. But, uh, but um, these people are thinking in the right direction, as they say. Yep. One of our listeners is going to pare down cookbooks, and he said by one. He's going from 400 to 399 <laughs> Um April McGregor of <laughs> what a sacrifice. in Pennsylvania is going to. Eat more greens in more ways, and she's going to organize her recipes. That was another that. thing. That's good, and I, I think that would that would be a really. There's good so thing many to ways do. to organize your recipes. You can get a little box. You can create an online. I mean, your you know a computer. Yeah, you can scan them and into put a, them in put them in your computer into a page. Uh, did uh, what did you, you that, notice Java? that a lot of people talked about fish in their New Year's resolutions? They did. They they're guilty about all the uh, 
pig and beef they've been eating. They want yeah, to eat more and fish. And also wanting to know how to cook fish. And I thought that was a real signal for us. A couple of people expressed fear of fish. I found that very interesting. I, I did not realize the amount of fear out there uh, around preparing fish. You know, and that's something we can talk about. Yes. Well, there's so many ways to cook fish. Yeah. And um, it's easy and quick. I think the main thing about fish is don't overcook it. That's right. But that reminds me that we should ask Java to round up some good fish cooking people. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. He knows fish people. Yeah, I know a few fish people. I even, I, I guess I'm on my New Year's because we ate catfish yesterday. There you go. Some uh, Delta Pride um, and um, fried it up real nice. <laughs> I love some good catfish. Did you put a good scald on it? Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was nice and it was nice and ready. I kind of felt bad because my kids didn't want to eat as much as I cooked, but me and Crystal will take care of it. <laughs> yeah, tell tell us about putting a good scald. I heard you talking about that. <clears throat> well, I, we got an email from a listener who asked the question: What does the term "good scald" mean? They had heard it in a movie or heard a reference to it. And, you know, my first thought was, I didn't really know, but my first thought was like scalding a pig before before you butcher it. That was the thing I thought of. Mm -hmm. And that is part of it. But when a cook has prepared a dish or recipe exceptionally well, they have got a good scald on the recipe or the dish. Some claim that this term comes from uh, getting a good scald on milk like scalding your milk for for coffee or for making a roux or making a gravy. Others claim that it refers to scalding a pig just before butchering, which was the thought that I had. So you get a good scald on a biscuit means that you made a great batch of biscuits. So we, we appreciate our listeners always asking us questions that prompts uh, our inquisitive nature here on Deep South Dining. I love that that definition was in the Urban Dictionary. I see you have that. I also have that app on my phone because sometimes when people, especially people younger than me, are talking to me, I must go to the Urban Dictionary to find out what they're talking about. Well, speaking of the Urban Dictionary, let's go to the phones. Let's do it. Where Becky from Meridian is calling in. Happy New Year, Becky. How are you? Happy New Year to y'all. I'm good. How are y'all? Great. Great. (laughs) What's happening? Great. Tony the Tiger. (laughs) What's happening in the Queen City? Well, uh, what has happened in our household for the last two consecutive nights is hot water cornbread. Mm -hmm. And I want to know if y'all have ever had it. Oh, yeah, but please share. Okay, so I'm not going to say which Mississippi town I was born and raised in because then that will prompt lots of calls from uh, people that I know. But anyway, my (laughs) very sweet mom uh, is not not known for her cornbread. Okay. Or or maybe she's infamously known for her cornbread. Anyway... um, so she, she, I have to tell this little story before I give you the recipe. So the, she took cornbread to uh, her supper club group one time, and the hostesses 
mom lived with them, and the mom's nickname was Sugar. And, <laughs> of course. Uh, of course. And um, so my mom and Sugar and some other people sat down at the table to eat the meal that had been prepared by everybody who came to the supper club. And Sugar took one bite of the cornbread and said, who in the hell makes this cornbread? <laughs> no reason to be subtle. <laughs> Probably how she got the nickname Sugar. And uh, she said, uh, my mom said, well, I did. And she said, well, don't ever make this again. Let Alice bring the cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the funniest story I've ever Cornbread. But... Uh, my mother has been watching this lady on Facebook. The lady's name is Brenda Dant. Oh, yeah, the the uh, older lady, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> she's an older lady. <laughs> <laughs> and she makes hot water cornbread, and it has, it has revolutionized my mother's cornbread repertoire in a very good way. So uh, we have had hot water cornbread for the last two nights. We had it New Year's Day, and we had it again last night because we had the same meal. I made uh, turnip green soup. Mm. Mm. My brother used to make turnip green soup. Yeah, and we just, we put uh, purple whole peas in ours so we could have, you know, the peas and the greens together uh, for New Year's. I'm sure you supposed to use black eyed peas, but I just like purple whole peas better. And that's, so we made hot water cornbread. Mm, boy, that sounds delicious. And you, and it really helps to have this special cast iron skillet that my mother gave to us and to, to several others in our family for Christmas. And it's one of those, it's a round cast iron skillet with little triangles formed in it. Triangles. Yeah, it, it already has the pieces. Yeah. Right. Individual yeah. service size pieces. Yeah. And it's really, really good with hot water cornbread recipe because then you get a really good crust on all mm-hmm. three sides. And so you just, the way Brenda Gant makes it is she puts about, I don't know, a te- at least two teaspoons or maybe a tablespoon of, she uses olive oil in hers, in each of those little individual triangles. Right. That, and you you got to get your oven preheated to 500 degrees first. Got to put a good scald on it. Ooh, you really do. <laughs> that fits right in. And so you get your oven up to 500 and make sure that that's happening before you ever put your black iron skillet on your very hot eye with that oil in it. And make sure before you do that that you have mixed up one cup of self-rising yellow cornmeal and one cup of hot water. Mm-hmm. May take a little more hot water, may take a little less, but anyway, you want it really runny, like pancake batter. Right. Runnier than normal cornbread. And then when all that's happening and your oven is preheated, when you've got that skillet with the oil in it on a very hot eye, when it starts to smoke, you're ready. And you put you know, a big spoonful in each of those individual things, and they'll just fizzle right up, right away. Mm-hmm. And then put it in that 500-degree oven and bake it for about 
12 minutes, I would say, is pretty darn close to perfect for us. Hot and, water cornbread. Yep. It's really, really good. That sounds delicious and crispy. And, and I love the, the more crunch, the better. You know, I know I've, I've always thought that that would be like an extraneous piece of equipment to have a sectioned cornbread skillet. But just the thought of all sides, actually, it's four sides being crispy because mm. you have the two sides, the back and the bottom. Mm, wow. All right, Becky, thanks a million for listening and calling in. Happy New Year. And thanks for sharing the hot water cornbread recipe with us. Okay, we're going to take a little break here, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, the man who is said to have the best fried chicken in the world in his restaurant. We're going to go to the old country store and talk to the one and only Mr. D, Mr. Arthur Davis. Hope you'll stay tuned. And Carol, we didn't get to a couple of topics, so we're going to weave Just and so bob much, all Mal. over the yeah. place. We've got to talk about soft herbs. We do. We've got to talk more resolutions. And resolutions and all these food trends. We've got to get to no, these food we're, trends. We're weaving and bobbing today, We're going to take an extra hour. Tell Marshall <laughs> Ramsey to stand by. All right, we'll be right back to Deep South Dining. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. When Mama was a cornbread cooking queen. When Mama was a cornbread cooking queen. When Mama, when Mama, when Mama, oh, when Mama. And Mama was my cornbread. That was the one and only Mr. D from the owner operator of the Old Country Store in Lauren, Mississippi on Highway 61. Carol, beautiful place. So happy to have him. Good morning, Mr. D. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Good morning. New Year to you, Happy. my friend. Happy New Year to you. Great 2022. That's right. Let it rip. Made me so happy to hear you sing that song. <laughs> that was great. You know, I made that up. And I had a real grandmama. And she taught me to cook cornbread. Well, and chicken. <laughs> I was going to say, and chicken. I, I love. I remember seeing you on a, a video. I think it was maybe with uh, Alton Brown, uh, the great chef, chef and television host. But you told him that you were grandma raised. I am grandma raised. Well, and she would be proud. Yes, I know she's looking down on me right now. Well, when you're singing to her every day, you know, she has to be. 
Yes. And for those of you who, yes, she does, who have not had the great joy of of uh, eating at the Old Country Store in Lorman, you need to put that on your bucket list and get in your car and drive over to Highway 61 to Lorman and treat yourself both to the experience of um, going into and enjoying the ambiance of the Old Country Store and eating what Alton Brown said is the best fried chicken in the world. Yes. So tell he us about he that. Had he said he had eaten chicken all over the world. And he said, Mr. D, this is by far the best I've ever had. <laughs> and I took that and ran with it. And I'm out to prove that I do have good chicken. And... You know, it's been an amazing thing that to know chicken from being tired with a spring on Saturday morning. <laughs> scalded. Now, scalded. I, as a matter of fact, thanks, PBS, because I go to school every morning with you guys. <laughs> and, and all through the day, you keep me informed. And it's amazing being informed by PBS. You know, Mississippi PBS means a lot to me in the morning. Because as I'm riding along, I learn something from everybody. And most of the time, I try to put it in my recipes and, and new things that I've learned. And to be here, I'm actually a Florida boy that came to Mississippi for the weekend. Yeah, that was that was my question. Is is I was assuming you were from Fayette or Lorman, but no. How, how are we so lucky to get you? My boys came to Alcorn State University. <gasps> And I came to bring them a car, and 25 years later, I'm talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad to have you, but let's talk about the store. What were the origins of you uh, getting the old country store in Lorman, and then this journey uh, toward having the best fried chicken in the world? And how long have you been at it there? I've been at it here since December 1st, 1999. I bought this store from Mr. Ray John Forrest. He told me to go see if I could make something out of it. It had been vacant for a while, and there was nothing there but a big kitchen. And I started to make hamburgers and stuff. And as time went on, the experiences that I got from my grandmother took charge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had diabetes and sugar, I mean, and, and high blood pressure. So she tried to season vegetables and it it, 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 it gives my food a, a flavor beyond measures you know I try not to use a lot of salt mm-hmm. and most of the seasoning and the old country store it's amazing about it because over in this area they had a ferry at one time and people from, from highway 55 over to the river came by the country store to spend a weekend in the area hunting and fishing, and I had no idea what I was buying or what I was getting into it because I never intended to do what I'm doing. But I've gained a a love for the people in this area, and I actually can't think of a better place to be. You never know who's going to come through the door, from the governor, Alton Brown, Oprah Winfrey, Matthew McConaughey, just name person, and, and, you know, it's amazing. You know, I get a chance to entertain people every day and put a smile on their face and 
I tell it as a joke. I got this job where I got guys bringing beautiful ladies by to see me every day. <laughs> then they have to take them with them. And, you know, uh, it has given me a, another life and a reason for being, you know, to be on magazines and represent the state of Mississippi and have people come from all over the world. I call it the Gold Coast. This is the river between Natchez and Vicksburg. It's the real Gold Coast. Even during the floods, we have people come to visit. I call them the flood watchers. And then when they have the best fried chicken in the world, they want to come back. Well, you have to be pulling people from far and wide because I was like the population of Fayette is only 1,200, and I know there are not that many people in Mormon, so you must be pulling them in. You know, like, like Highway 61, the Blues Trail, is special to Mississippi. And I think, I feel that we don't have an idea yet what we got because we, we have one of the most visited areas in the country. We're near Windsor Ruins. And Windsor is one of the most visited sites in the state. And to be, I call myself the rest area for Windsor. Mm-hmm. I'm the, I, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. I'm open seven days a week, 364 days a year, from 10 to 4. And used to be a time where, People would come and stop just to use the restroom, but now they come to eat. That is so good. So tell us the secret of your chicken. I know you didn't tell it to Alton Brown, but maybe you'll you'll tell tell us what makes it heavenly chicken and the best chicken in the world. You know, you have to love what you do and add it to the items that I do to my chicken. One thing, you know, a lot of times people use, they'll buy chicken and go freeze it and mm. thaw it. And if you want good, juicy fried chicken, don't freeze it. And matter of fact, I find that if you cook your chicken first and then freeze it, you'll still get good fried, good chicken. Mm-hmm. But my chicken is never frozen. And a whole lot of love I change all and fresh, 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 fresh. What kind of oil do you fry your birds in, Mr. D? I use soy. I, I use soybean oil. Okay. We got plenty lard, of that around here. Lard is hard to find and expensive. But soybean oil gives you a great flavor, and it, it, it adds to the texture of your chicken. Now, do you have a particular vendor that supplies you with fresh chickens, or is that something that's generally available? Uh, you no, know, merchants merchants buy chicken from Tyson Farms. Mm-hmm. And Tyson, for the last twenty years, they've been providing chicken from Mr. D's Fried Chicken. So it's distributed by merchants, but you get it from Tyson. So, yes. You, yes. when do you start your seasoning? The day before. Ah. So the, day before, the day before my chicken is seasoned, I use sifted flour, self-rising flour, and 
I've actually put my seasoning in a bag now, Mr. D's Fried Yeah, seasoning. it's available in grocery stores or online, or how can you get no, the seasoning? No, no, it's just available online at, at the old country store. Okay. Do you soak the the bird at all, or do you, do you not soak it overnight in any kind of buttermilk or milk you know, or anything? You, you know, I season it. Uh-huh. I season it the day before, and it sits and, and refrigerated, and the season that I use, it, 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 it penetrates the chicken. Gotcha. What else is on the menu? What what kind of sides do you have down there? You know, we do southern cuisine. I got mustard greens, cabbage, BLPs, spring beans, candy yams, uh, turkey wings, ham hocks, sometimes pig feet, ribs. We got the best smoke. We got some real good smoked ribs. You don't got to go to Memphis to get good smoked ribs. And I got a, I got a, 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 a salad bar full of everything, even watermelon this time of season. Hmm. And 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 my dessert bar is crazy because I got blackberry, peach, apple, and cherry cobbler, sweet potato pie, chocolate cake, and sweet potato pie. Do you deliver? <laughs> I'm looking at job and going. We're, we're hurting over field here. Trip. <laughs> field trip. Yeah, I'm just thinking about to that trip I took with my family to the old country store and and Mister. If you never been, Mister. D is painting a, a nice picture because it's exactly as he says. All those things and more on that uh, on that buffet. And, and that cornbread and biscuits will make you hurt yourself. Yeah, Java, tell us about my cornbread. I was just going to ask Java what he thought of the cornbread and biscuits. Oh, it was everything. I I took, I mean, I took it down. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say about my time at the old country store. I took it down. It was it was good. You know, I, I take cornbread. You know, we, the lady was on earlier about cornbread. My grandmother used to do something special to a cornbread. She used to put onions, bell pepper, and celery in a cornbread. Mm. And to give it flavor, you know, you know, it's it's it it, it is taken on, you know, and 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 sometimes bread doesn't have a flavor to it. But I started doing it, and you know, people, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you use it with fish a lot, hush puppies, right? Yeah, they got flavor in it. And so I started to do that to my cornbread because I remember what my grandmother used to do, and people would would, would eat it, eat cornbread, and then wouldn't hardly want no food. You know, you very seldom hear cornbread and syrup. You know, <laughs> like uh, my grandmother was amazing. She wouldn't even she wouldn't even throw away the watermelon rind. She would take and preserve watermelon rind and pickle watermelon rind. Mm. And, you, you know, it, it's, I had no idea what I was getting when I got it. You know, uh, I had asthma, so they didn't want me to run. And my grandmother took me in after school, and that ended my play days because it was following her around in the kitchen. And then we got a television, and I became a hand stirring the pots and turning the fire down. And I had no idea what I was getting because I thought, for a while there, she was trying to make me out a girl, washing dishes. Because I was the guy that licked the bowl. You know, when grandmother made the cake, I licked the bowl. 
Oh, yeah. The problem, the problem came when I had to wash that bowl, when I started <laughs> to have to wash the bowl. And shell peas and, and you know, uh, cut, uh, uh, peeled potatoes and stuff like that. Because grandmother, she would, she would preserve everything and, and can and jar. But it wasn't canned. It was jarred then, the mason jar. And I'm a specialist with at it right now. Being here at Alcorn State University, we get a lot of vegetables. Get a lot of vegetables out here, and I preserve a lot of it. I I, I jar a lot of it: peppers and greens, and I bag greens and, and jar uh, okra in the whole nine yards. Well, we sure do appreciate what you do. You are a Mississippi treasure, and uh, I don't care if you were born and raised in Florida. We call you. You're ours. You belong to us now. Uh, I love Mississippi. <laughs> well, it I, loves I, you I back. I call myself Mr. Mississippi. <laughs> you know, I, and I, I just want to give a special thanks to you fellows and you ladies for being here for me in the mornings on my way to work and at work and during the day. You know, you, you, the information that you guys provide and, and and it keeps me informed in every way, knowing what's going on all over the world. And being Norman, you know, I, I feel special. I just want to thank you very, very much, all of me this morning. Well, we thank you. Uh, it is a mutual admiration society here. That is the one and only Mr. Arthur Davis, known as Mr. D, owner of the Old Country Store in Lorman, Mississippi. We've got a caller on hold, and we're going to take a short break. Tommy, don't go away. We're going to put you on as soon as we come back. Love to hear from you. Uh, Carol and I will take a quick break, and we'll come right back and continue our conversation. But before we go, again, thanks to... Mr. D at the Old Country Store in Lorman. If you hadn't had any good soul food, fried chicken lately, get in your car, drive over to the river, take a look at the Windsor Ruins, go look at the mighty Mississippi, and then get yourself some good cornbread and sides and fried chicken. We'll be right back. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman, and we got some phone calls coming in. I'm here with Carol Puckett. Uh, Malcolm White is walking back into the studio right now. Carol, um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Java. And I see that we have one of our favorite callers, Tommy, from Louisville, Mississippi, on the line. Yeah, I, saw, I thought he was a, a, a regular. He's a regular. <laughs> Good morning, Tommy. How you doing this morning? Doing fine. I'm from Boonville. That fella's not from Louisville. He's from Boonville. I've been to Louisville. Well, we got some bad information flashing on the screen. Well, it happens so often. Then, uh, what I called about uh, a while back, uh, I talked to Malcolm and subject of gumbo coming up and going up here in North Mississippi. I never heard of anyone having gumbo here Christmas holidays, but I do now. And the thing that that uh, has changed is people are having potato salad instead of rice. And uh, I remember the first time I had potato salad, I was way down in South Louisiana, and my car broke down, the fan belt, and I rolled into a little country store with a shop. People everywhere. And I found out they was having a drawing for a canned ham, but they were selling uh, 
uh-huh. gumbo inside the store, and you could choose between potato salad and rice. Fairly certain I said rice, but I didn't speak Cajun, so she misunderstood me and put potato salad. It was delicious. And it, it changed, you know, my whole outlook on gumbo. That's it's by far my favorite now. Is is a good potato salad. Well, that's a, a great point that you bring up. A lot of people. <clears throat> like you say, from down south, uh, offer potato salad as opposed to rice and the gumbo. And that, to some people that sounds horrible because there's mayonnaise and all sorts of sometimes eggs and uh, other vegetables uh, in the potato salad. But I have tried it, like Tommy, and uh, it is delicious and it's different. Carol, have you ever uh, been down that road? I have not. It's okay. something new to explore in 22 as we move forward. That's right. In the in the new year, you, you must try some potato salad in your gumbo. I'm so in. instead of a bed of rice, you have a bed of potato salad? Yeah, you know, you put you don't add rice or put rice and then pour the gumbo. And you put potato salad in there. It's just different starch, okay. why potatoes, not? Uh, as opposed to rice. Why not? Yeah, why not indeed. Well, Tommy, we appreciate you. We thank you for listening to our radio show and for calling. You're always uh, getting us some great information, and we look forward to to hearing from you each and every time. Also, on the phone, while we're on the phone, we have Bill calling from Greenwood, the wood, Carol. Yep. Happy New Year, oh. Bill. How y'all doing? Happy New Year. Yeah, I was uh, up there at uh, my local uh, store, and they had this stuff called Nine Such uh, Mince Meat. Nobody bought it, but I bought it after Christmas. Got it 75% off. <laughs> and got it cheap, so I'm going to be making me some mince pies in June and July. And uh, uh, I got me a fruitcake recipe. Uh, I made one this year, but, you know, I wrapped it all up and put it in booze. But when I pulled it out a couple months later, it was covered with mold, so I'm going to try it again. But <laughs> hmm. Yeah, don't eat that. The, the, but the best fried chicken I ever had, my mama made it. All she used was salt and pepper and flour, and it was the best chicken I ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's – if you did not love your grandmother or mother's chicken, something is Yeah, is something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, Bill, this is – you know, I'm really thinking about this mince meat in the summer. I mean, who who thought of that? Right. I, I, it's I new. I I just thought about it because it seemed when I was a kid, my mom always said mince meat pies because they were at the store, you know, uh, for Christmas and and uh, Thanksgiving. And, but that's the only time she ever had it, so I never had it no other time. And I hadn't been able to find them in the store in years, so I'm just going to make one just for the heck of it. It's making it in July. I mean, why not, Bill? You got it for 75% off. Take a shot. <laughs> yeah, and you only live once, you know. You know I might not be here next Christmas, so I don't know. Man, we appreciate you listening, always. We appreciate you calling. You always have some fascinating stuff to share with us. We do appreciate you. We're going to, he's going to, Bill's going to be making mincemeat pies. For the 4th of July. For the 4th of July. Now, Carol, I uh, was in New Orleans uh, over the New Year's. I was there for New Year's Eve and such. And I ate in a couple of restaurants I'd never eaten in. Maypop was one of them. And it is a Southern Asian restaurant. Uh, in the warehouse district. Really good, very different, um, but I was happy to try some different stuff. And then on for, for lunch on New Year's Eve, 
uh, I met up with some friends, the Nichols family from Washington, D.C., and Kara and I joined them uh, and ate in another restaurant that I'd never eaten in called Shia, and it's on Magazine Street um, up there in the lower Garden District. And it is a uh, – <clears throat> you see it sometimes listed as a Mediterranean, sometimes Israeli restaurant. Yes. Alan Shaya is Israeli. Fabulous. Much honored chef, you know, all over the country. I mean, he is the real deal. But I had a shrimp dish, um, and it was described as shrimp topped with soft herbs. And I jokingly said to the table – Oh man, nothing like soft herbs, you know, and and we're just making fun of it and not thinking much about it. But when it came, it was delicious, and I became curious. As the day went on, we joked more and more about the soft herbs. But I looked it up, and lo and behold, there are a category of herbs called soft herbs and a category called hard herbs. Yes, and you texted me uh, that, and I was just fascinated. I said, "Where did you come up with those?" category so like you i you know immediately looked it up and it makes so much sense does the hard herbs are the herbs with woody stems the more stout herbs like bay leaf rosemary thyme sage right that you know most of those will last through the winter Mm -hmm. but the real um what really holds them apart is those are the herbs that you start your cooking with Gotcha. Whereas soft herbs you finish your cooking with. And a list of the soft herbs are? Would be among these uh, basil, cilantro, parsley, mint, the more delicate of the herbs. Mm-hmm. And these are the ones you you know throw in at the last minute or on, on top finishing of. Finishing herbs. Yeah, finish herbs. it. That's, a, that's good. You heard yeah. it here, finishing herbs. But I just was so pleased that you introduced me to this concept. That is one of the joys of having this relationship with MPB Think Radio and yes. this show. I learn something new every time we go on the air. I know. And it's also great. From a personal relationship, as for many, many years, you and I can text each other. Or, I mean, you have a friend that you can say, That's right. Hey, how about You've them soft herbs? <laughs> Not everybody can. That's right. Not everybody's interested <laughs> but, in this. Um, the, hard, the hard herbs <laughs> retain their flavor more. They're just your foundational herbs. So there okay. you go. Great. So we've got another caller, but before we go there, let's talk a little bit about some of these uh Resolutions that were shared and uh, some of these food trends before we forget it once more and end up not including it in today's show. Well, the first one I would like to share is one that Java passed along from his reading. And these were from Southern Living, uh, Southerners New Year's resolutions. Right. This is it. I will treat the slow cooker as I would like to be treated. That is, given a break on Saturdays. The slow cooker gets the day off. There's a lot of slow cooking going on. (laughs) I will learn to like sweet, unsweetened tea. Impossible. Learn to like unsweetened tea. Hard. Good luck. I will not not take offense when my casserole is only half eaten at the potluck. Right. Keep it to yourself. No yeah, resentments at the potluck. Yeah, no resentments. 
Not like the woman who said, next time, let someone else make the cornbread <laughs> that Becky shared with us. Sugar. Sugar said that. Uh, I will not forget about the inevitable spring cold snap. I will not move my plants outside until said cold snap has passed. That one is particularly for you. Yes. I, I brought all of my mine in, by the way. My basement is full of these friends of mine, these potted plants who, <laughs> that, that I put outside uh, for most of the year, but they come inside in the winter because they just can't handle it. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. It has to be done. So now, those are some New Year's resolutions. Now some trends. Let's get to a few trends here. We don't have a lot of time, but uh, the, it's more about plant-based, Carol. Mushrooms are big, Malcolm. Mushrooms are huge. Uh, mushroom powder. And, and are getting huge, huger. Huger. <laughs> and uh, another one is using cauliflower to make uh, pizza crust. And my granddaughter, who was over at the house this weekend, turned to me in the middle of lunch and said, Bop, that's what she calls me, did you know that pizza dough is made from cauliflower? And I said, well, I've heard of that, but I did not know that that is a it's an a exclusive. Thing. Yeah. It's a thing, and you can also buy the crust pre-made cauliflower at, in your grocery store. You and can what use about cauliflower steaks? That's that's another it. thing. Grilled, um, like yeah. A steak. You 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 cut them thick, like an inch thick, inch and a half thick. You know, slather them with olive oil. Slather. Put some hard herbs. Dried, hard, hard dried herbs. Grill them or bake them. And then finish them with? Soft herbs. <laughs> Use jackfruit instead of chicken or pork. Try beans, lentils instead of ground beef or sausage. Beans are big mouth. Huge. Eggplant instead of chicken. What do you think about that? I think somebody was had to do ten things on a list, and that was the last one. one and mm. okay. that, that doesn't make any sense. What about rehatched chicken? Java's going to have to tell us about that. Java's in that world. Well, yeah, so it, it kind of falls in line with what you brought a story in talking about the 3D meats. Right. Um, but the 3D steaks. Yeah, the 3D, yeah, the 3D <laughs> steaks, 3D printed steaks. But they are, um, you know, always, I guess, trying to be environmentally friendly. So they started off talking about uh, plant-based chicken um, is, uh, is really out there. But they are having chicken grown from animal cells in a lab. Mm. So that kind of takes away from uh, using up the, the earth resources and, um, you know, it's... Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's Franken out there. Frankenstein. A, a lot of it is, is around, <laughs> but this is something that's, that's you know, gaining traction, I guess. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. Uh, more will be revealed. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, food prediction for 2022 is we will eat more kelp. Help! <laughs> well, yeah, the Carol? kelp. You're going to eat more kelp? Well, I, I mean, I love seafood. I mean, seaweed salad. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I know the Japanese do. I'm sure it's really, really good. Okay. Yeah, that's another thing for the, like, kind of the environmentally friendly because, you you know, you grow it at sea and it's uh, it's really abundant and easy to grow. So. If we could just, High in protein. If we could just figure out how to eat kudzu. Yeah. All our problems Mississippi, would be, all of our would be problems resolved. Would be resolved. <laughs> Absolutely. It smells like bubblegum, so... Um, uh, it's, it's rank. I tried eating it as a salad. I had heard one time that the fresh, the fresh leaves that come out like that day uh -huh. 
can be picked and mixed with turnip greens or collards and, and and that it's edible and delicious and I tried it and it ruined a perfectly good pot <laughs> of greens ruined it okay on the phone from Meridian this oh, is our yeah. second visit to, to Meridian today we're going to Bill hey Bill happy new year happy new year I take my call uh, right quick I had a, a friend of mine gave me for a fried for diet uh, instead of Dredging and flour, and I like mine spicy. So we're talking I get a about bag, we're talking uh, about fried chicken here, Bill. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. You're breaking Bill. up on us. I'm sorry, I'm out in the country. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, fried fried chicken, uh, and instead of dredging and flour, right? Instead I, of flour, uh, take a uh, bag of Louisiana hot sauce pork rinds, and you can crumble <sighs> them up real fine, just like flour, and dredge them in that really good okay now there is a nice tip uh, grind up a bag of louisiana style pork rinds and instead of using flour to to dust your chicken dust it in the pork rind highly seasoned louisiana style pork rinds carol bill i am so glad you got through on the phone this morning that is a fantastic idea it's a winner chicken dinner thank you bill um we appreciate you listening, appreciate your call. Uh, and I just got um, a text from one of our Facebook <clears throat> family who said that in October they were in New Orleans and ate at both of the restaurants that I mentioned, Maypop and Shiloh. Wow. So You're saying like, Like-minded people. No, yeah, like-minded, like-minded people. people. We gather here every Monday at 9 a.m. for Deep South Dining. We never have enough time to get all the questions and all the comments and all the listeners on. But, boy, we try hard, and we appreciate you all. We're looking forward to a big, fat, happy 2022. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Radio's broadcasting Think Radio. We're funded by generous contributions from folks like you, and we appreciate it. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, and our special guest, Mr. D from the Old Country Store in Lorman, I'm Malcolm White. We ask you to stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's program. Now you're talking, followed immediately by Southern Remedy at 11. We ask that you join us next Monday for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.